I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There are over 800,000 people in Ireland today living with neurological conditions. The lack of support and services to cater for their needs is widely documented. Now, this week is International Brain Awareness Week and the theme this year is promoting access to services for people with these conditions. Previously thought of more as a recreational activity, music therapy is now widely recognised as a very effective treatment for people with a neurological condition. So how does music therapy help these people? Well, one of Ireland's top neurologic music therapy professionals and the founder of Ireland's only music therapy clinic dedicated specifically to the neurological field is it me, the man, Dr Shane Cassidy. He's the founder of Dublin-based clinic Neurolinks and he has many years experience in this area and he joins me on the line now. How are we doing, Shane. Hi Sinead, I'm good thanks, how are you? I am great. Now firstly I had no idea that there was such a huge number of people in this country living with neurological conditions. 800,000 people, that's quite a huge number. It is, it's staggering Um, and I suppose the first thing is that neurological conditions, I suppose it encompasses so much. Under that umbrella you've got so many varying conditions and within each of the conditions as well you have got different strands um, and I suppose on top of that, there's such a long waiting list here in the country. There was a report just published the other day by the Neurological Alliance of Ireland. And they stated that there are 22,500 people waiting for their initial neuro- neuro- neurology appointment with a consultant. So that's on top of the 800,000 that are already living with, the con- with conditions. Wow. Okay. So this mm-hmm. really, we really need to be bringing awareness to all of this. This is what Brain Awareness Week is all about as well. But yeah. when we say neurological conditions, can you give us an idea of kind of some of the people you'd be dealing with and kind of what they're coping with day to day? Yeah. So a lot of my clients would be living with, they would have had a stroke or an acquired brain injury. Um, some of them have a diagnosis of autism Others are living with Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, multiple sclerosis. But actually, uh, there, there are also, what I'm finding recently is a lot of people getting in touch who don't quite fit into Parkinson's like 100%, mm. but they have a lot of Parkinsonian symptoms as such. So it, it, it's kind of under, again, this other umbrella term, like a functional neurological condition. And, and that seems to be more common where actually... It's not quite fitting into multiple sclerosis. It's not, it's not being peg-holed into one of the existing conditions. So it's just a, a functional disorder is, is the title it's been given. And whether that affects their movement and their motor skills or whether it affects their communication, speech and language um, or cog- cognitive skills, it just varies from person to person. 
And you are very much, you know, you've got a huge amount of experience in this in this area of music therapy. You've over 13 years in this. You set up Neurolinks Music Therapy Services, which is the first of its kind in the country. Tell me kind of a little bit about your own background and how you got into this area. Yeah, so I suppose growing up, um, music was always a massive part of my life, you know, and, and I suppose now on reflection, how I use music was probably in a way it's quite therapeutic and used as therapy you know it it was a massively anchoring effect um throughout all stages of my life really um and i that led me then to do a music degree and at that stage i was very much following the route of performance and looking down that avenue you know i played the clarinet and piano um to quite a high level but i suppose something happened after after my degree and i thought just took a step back from it and um I actually decided to go and become a primary school teacher. So Wow, very different, yeah. Yeah, quite different, yeah. Um, so I did that for six years, and I was working in a variety of settings between mainstream and special educational needs settings. And within that work, I suppose I saw the real power of music for learning, for, you know, challenging behaviours, for just for, for people who were finding learning quite difficult. And that, I suppose, in turn led me to, to pursue music therapy and to explore that a little bit further. So um, I bit the bullet, I suppose, six years later, and um, I went and did a two-year master's in University of Limerick in music therapy. And from there then followed on um, doing a PhD between the University of Limerick and the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dunleary. Yeah, and that was awarded last year, fair play to you, in the midst of COVID and all sorts of stuff and going on. Would you believe it was literally, it was the 1st of April, I think it was just week three of lockdown and it was, yeah, it was a very strange time. Yeah, uh, but in terms of, you know, um, I suppose for people who, who've never experienced this, could you describe kind of a typical music therapy session? Say I was to go along for some reason or another, what could I expect from a session? Yeah, so I suppose what is common to all sessions is that you know, there'd be an element of music listening, there'd be an element of participation, so we'd be playing instruments. Now, on that, there's one caveat, there's absolutely no expectation when people come. Uh, Most people, in fact, wouldn't have any musical instrument experience or wouldn't play an instrument as such. Um, So it's not about learning an instrument or improving upon an instrument. It's about using them in a functional way to try and target a non-musical goal. Um, so I suppose it, it does vary quite differently. But what again, what is common is we'd always be trying to incorporate people's taste and people's preference for music into sessions. So, for example, if you were coming to improve your walking, mm. a diagnosis of, of Parkinson's or indeed if you've had a, an acquired brain injury or stroke and your walking has been affected. So we'd be we'd be looking at a specific type of gait training that involves rhythmic stimulation. So there's a lot of evidence, um, and, and this, in fact, was the, the, the focus of my PhD. There's a lot of evidence to promote the use of an external rhythm to enhance our internal rhythms. And by that, it's this really natural biological synchronization that happens when we're listening to a rhythm and when we're walking, for example, or when we're moving. It's that kind of foot-tapping effect, yeah. I guess, when we're listening to a really lively piece of music or when when our own walking pattern falls in line, if we hear someone with heels walking behind us, for example, or, or quite loud shoes. So that's the principle, that's the underlying principle. 
But within that, we're always trying to incorporate people's movement or people's preference, sorry, um, for for their genre of music or if they have a particular song or artist that they, they like, we try and incorporate that as much as possible. And what we found was that that was also having an effect on people's mood. And that was the the other part, I suppose, of my, my study at the National Rehabilitation Hospital, um, where we found, you know, that anxiety was significantly decreased as a result of the, the music intervention. And I suppose looking at that through a neuroscience lens and a neurobiological lens, lens which there's evidence there that, that shows an increase in dopamine levels when wow. we just even listen to music. Oh yeah, because um, we, we, we even sli- slightly experienced it here on the 11 to 1 show as well, uh, Shane, yeah. because when during lockdown we decided, okay, half past 12 was going to be our upbeat song of the day, uh, yeah. where the listener could pick whatever they wanted uh, for me to play completely, you know, whatever, yeah. off playlist. And the amount of kind of good vibes and kind of, you know, positive feedback that we got from that was, was fantastic. So that I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from with this. Yeah. There's that lovely kind of increase in dopamine. Things seem a little bit brighter and different when when you have your favourite song on, yeah. Yeah, and that's coupled with a reduction in cortisol. So we often refer to cortisol as our stress hormone. So that's massively reduced when we listen to music. And I suppose as well, if you think of someone who's just had a stroke, who's just had an acquired brain injury, a lot of them experience a great sense of loss of control. Mm. And to be able to have choice and like that, it might be something as simple as choosing their favourite song. But if that's going to help them walk and help them train their walking up, well, happy days. You know, it's it's kind of a, a winning combination. Oh, it's and you know, I'd say in terms of uh, you know job satisfaction for yourself, like it must be so rewarding to work with people who are you know looking to regain speech or movement, and then you see these improvements. It must be so rewarding for you. It really is. It, it really is. It's those small wins as well. You know, uh, everyone who comes is coming with a goal, like you say, whether it's movement, whether it's walking, whether it's something in terms of their attention or you know way of thinking. So, you know, everyone has a goal and to see those small wins bit by bit and those improvements, it's, it's you know, it's really, really rewarding. And a lot of people will say it's a very tough job. It's a very, mm. but actually there's a lot of hope in it as well. You know, it, it is that hopeful piece they're coming because there's actually, you know, th- there's room for improvement here. Yeah, and, and this is this is what you do. And in terms of, I suppose, feedback from people, you know, do you notice kind of changes in people straight away or does it take a couple of sessions or it probably differs, uh, differs from person to person maybe? It does. It varies from person to person and according to the goal area. So where whereas within one session, so say again, going back to the, the use of um, rhythm to help someone walk, mm. we generally see after one session, so we'll, we'll measure how long it took them to walk 10 metres at the beginning of a session. And then we'll, walk, or we'll measure, the, we'll do that same test at the end of the session, just after maybe a 40 or an hour long session. And we do see an improvement. Now, repetition of that will increase that and have that carryover effect into their day-to-day you know whereas after one session it's not going there's not going to be a huge amount of carryover so within that we're looking at eight to ten weeks of a of an intervention to see kind of lasting changes um so it does it it varies but generally we'd work with people in blocks of, of 10 sessions to be able to at least see see the improvements, see the, the, the true benefits that it could have. And after that, we sit down and say, right, well, what are the next steps then? Do, is, is that enough or 
do we go again or you know so it's it's very much keeping that conversation open i suppose around around choice yeah and you know we we spoke about this at the start you know of the piece you know it's it's brain awareness week and you very much want to highlight the lack of support that people have you know for this i mean you're providing this service but not everybody can gain access to this this is a real issue yeah Absolutely. And I, I was just speaking to somebody the other day and, you know, they had this exact experience and it, it was an awful, awful time because you leave the acute setting, you go to the subacute setting and then you go back into the community where it, like some areas are very well resourced. But actually, there's just generally throughout the country, there's a massive lack of, of support generally for for people who leave rehabilitation services. Mm. Like what next? What are the next steps? So it's it's, it's a massively frustrating journey for people and and in terms of you know how you're operating your services remotely with covid and everything else is it possible to do this work remotely or do you have to kind of make sure the clinic is extremely strict on guidelines and all that kind of thing i suppose it would be an essential service really we are yeah we are deemed the essential uh, to be in that that category of essential services so yeah it's just very strict adherence to the guidelines and leaving enough time between sessions between people to, to ventilate the room and all the PPE equipment, etc. Now, I am doing a little bit of, of remote work. Um, and again, it just goes back to that, um, whatever the goal area is. Mm. For, for some people, that might work even better. You know, it, it's that it's less effort for them if, they're, if mobility is an issue. Or, but for others, obviously, the live element is, is what's really important. So it just depends on each individual case, I guess. And uh, how can people get in touch with you, Shane, if they wanted to book a session or find out a little mm. bit more information? So they can go straight onto the website, neurolinks.ie, and all of my contact details, my number and email are on there. And we're also on all of the social media platforms. So any of the above, really. And uh, I can't let you go without mentioning that you're from Gibbstown in County Meath. Do you want I to shout out to anybody? I know. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to visit uh, visit home. All of my family still live there. They're they're there the whole time. So unfortunately, haven't been down in the last three months. But fingers crossed, I'll be I'll be back some some weekend soon. Yes, fingers crossed. Well, listen, Shane. Thank you so much for taking the time out to discuss this thank area, you, fascinating you. area of work that you're doing, doing an awful lot of good for people, uh, and wish you every success with this going forward. Thanks a million for Thanks joining so me on much. the show. Appreciate that. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.